0: You are listening to the Lightforge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Lightforge Podcast. This is Zadwagda. This is Murps. Hello. Uh, We are
1: uh, almost a week into a new meta. Let's talk about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So this is uh, Tides uh throne of tides and uh throne of tides is not particularly important <laughs> because like we, we kind of knew it right what are the new cards bubbler i see bubbler everywhere it's a great addition to the game i mean i don't know about great murphs has some problems with it. it but but it's not terrible for the game let's put it that way snapdragon um you know say similar issues slash being okay quofang constrictor uh, I've seen it used against me once. Uh, I haven't seen it past Then I've never gotten a chance to use it, but it that's didn't fine. seem particularly problematic. It seems good, uh, and uh, and that's uh, like they added Azumata Neptalon on the neutral side. I've gotten Neptalon many times. Azumata many times. I've Azumataed someone else in one of my runs. Uh, they are not. Significantly more powerful than the old stuff, but they are S tier cards that obviously we don't like to see. But overall, none of this is actually moving the whole meta much. Is kind of what we're getting at. What did move the meta though is the freaking rotation, and that's what we said. We said if they did do a real rotation, this is going to be uh, a big shift. And you know what? They only did half a rotation. Uh, the the a lot of the standard sets are still in, but what they added back. So, they took all the actual old sets uh, out and they added back Descent of Dragons because, for whatever reason, devs freaking love that set. I feel like it's in 75% of metas we play in. And they also added back Boomsday. So, if you remember, Boomsday is a decently powerful set, but it has a lot of mechs. And Descent of Dragons is a very powerful set and it has a lot of dragons. So, that is the big change in the meta.
1: Yeah, Um, so that's what we're seeing right now. Let's go to the win rates for a second, just to get, uh, because when we talk about the meta, I think it's important Mm -hmm. to get a sense of where the win rates are. If you look at the top class, it's Shaman with a 53.2% win rate. If you look at the ninth class, uh, and there's a reason for this, that is Hunter with a 46.3% win rate. Wow, that's a 7% delta between the best class and the worst class Mm -hmm. that is not Priest. Because Priest right now is at a (laughs) 38.9% win rate. That's real bad. Anything below 40% is really bad. So there is the same difference between 1 and 9, essentially, that there is between 9 and 10. Priest just really isn't a class right now, but if you look at the win rates, you might be like, "Wow, this is a pretty good meta." That is to be left up to you to decide whether the or not. The class you think balance it's a meta. is pretty
0: good. The class you can balance play is good. Almost any class, and not feel like you're just you know throwing your gold away and your fun experiences away, uh, more so than other classes the meta is kind of a different story uh so let's i'm going to cover the uh i'm going to go back to my my mech and dragon thing and cover the two biggest changes in the meta that has a little bit on the you know just things to know right it's like game knowledge um if you're stepping into the meta and the first one you can feel immediately or at least i can feel immediately because i get mothershipped all the time um and that is that mech suck now the mechs got diluted so hard. I did not even remember how many crappy Boomsday mechs there were. I was like, it's not GVG. It's a decently recent set. You figure it'd be okay. No, mechs are terrible. Gorillabot, no longer a premium card. Is it nice to get an extra mech? Can you still get Sneeds? Yes, yeah, Sneeds is still in and you can still get them. But it's hugely diluted and most of the other mechs are trash. Uh, and Mothership? I'm going to tell you Mothership's win rate right now, okay? It is only 0.1% above Net Captain. It is now 0.7%. That's closing in on one full percent below school teacher. And it used to be identical to school teacher. And school teacher did not get better. That's how much mothership fell. Because that's how hard mechs got diluted. Like before, when you mothership, you got good mechs out of it, like way more often than not. Now, it's a lot of trash. I mean, it's still the. Second best neutral non-legendary in the game and the best one that's rare or common. Um, So, you know, it's still a terrible card uh, in terms of being in the game. But I just use that to illustrate how far mechs have fallen. Um, And if you're using Amalgam to discover, don't discover mechs anymore. Don't do it. That's no longer the thing. Even if you are Mage or Paladin, Uh, the odds are not in your favor.
1: Keep discovering dragons. It used to be dragons and it now still is. And you should definitely have a dragon to proc to discover now yes. I, I don't i don't know what you're doing if you are telling me that you don't have any dragons to discover from because you should 100 percent have one um we're back
0: in a dragon meta
1: we are very much so back into a dragon meta you can feel free drafting um some dragon synergies early on uh the the problem is that this is just a dragon meta this is also a kind of bomb meta, right? This is a spell meta, Venomous Scorpid is back and it's just as annoying, if not more annoying than ever. The spells are really good nowadays. Um, it's just really frustrating because you can look at the win rates and I think a lot of people are would look at a 53 to like 46% Delta and be very, very happy with it. And yeah, that balance is definitely there. Um, I played quite a lot on the first and second days, and then I started playing Immortal, uh, but I played (laughs) quite a lot on the first and second days. And my takeaway immediately was like, wow, like there there is some real power here. That Mm -hmm. incremental gain that you get from making good decisions, uh, being able, able to anticipate, um, there's just some pretty disgusting combos, uh, whether it's on one turn or on two turns. There's a lot of initiative everywhere. There's there's a ton of initiative. Um, so any sort of control play style is very doable. It's, it's very yeah. strong. And I can tell you guys, it's like, oh, well, you can try to go mid-range or something. Um, there's just going to be a lot of games in which you get frustrated because... you 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 just there was nothing really you could have done right um whether they drafted something really good uh or they drafted some pretty good stuff but then they also played scorpids and then they generated stuff they uh it it's really tough i i think the feeling of the meta sometimes is very very frustrating
0: the meta is basically into two parts, and this always happens when power level is really high, right? Which is that you're going to have decks, plenty of decks, that just have no shot in this meta. It doesn't matter who you face, it doesn't matter how your luck is, uh, <laughs> you're gonna get crap wins. And this is probably the worst meta for it, worse than the previous meta. Remember when the previous meta happened? We described it as an initiative meta, which is a meta that we had seen before, and we told you to respond to the initiative meta in the same way you respond to other initiative metas, right? Like, which is to worry more about the big picture of resources and less about the nitty-gritty on the board because your opponent isn't going to have initiative, right? And then also to make sure you always have initiative because you'll need to respond to stuff, etc., etc. It's initiative meta. Whatever you were doing the last meta, it's still the same thing here. But it's amped up. Not that there's actually more initiative now than before. There's probably only slightly more initiative than, than there was in the previous meta. But the card values overall are so much higher which means on any turn, the swing is higher. And also the cards are not like bigger, but there's like a little, like the previous meta actually had real bad card generation, like bad as in weak, card generation and card draw. This meta has what is probably a normal card draw and card generation for a meta. So it's going to feel a lot bigger, especially with all the initiative, and all the control and all the BS swings that's kind of going on. Uh, so when you need to draft, and I learned this the hard way by dying a lot in the beginning until we got a 12 win. By the way, on YouTube now, if you want to check out a 12 win pally in this uh, new meta, with I I don't think it was that good of a deck. Um, it was not a bad deck, but it was not a deck that you were like, ah, 12 wins, yeah. It was kind of like a, oh, okay, I guess I'll play this deck. It'll probably get like seven. I think I may have predicted six and underestimated it. Um, but anyway, you got to draft big. Not just in terms of the mana curve, um, but you got to have the card man. So you gotta have some card draws, or you just gotta have big stuff, and you want to have curve, but the curve doesn't have to be nitty. Or like a three-three on three is fine, a four-four on four is fine. In the previous meta, that was a problem, because your curve actually mattered a lot more in the previous meta. There was a lot of initiative, but there wasn't like the length of the game didn't go on so much that you can really turn some of that early game gains into some face damage and finish them off. But now the games just go on for like a a couple of turns more than they normally do and it really shifts the whole like of everything and dragons has actually a lot to do with it um but uh with that swing what you are what you're less worried about is having good curve but what you're more worried about is just kind of having stuff to do on those turns and having enough cards to win the late game you can get like one or two extra cards by playing your board removals at the right time, by baiting your opponents, by putting your opponents into or like just like waiting for your opponents to get themselves into bad situations, um, taking advantage of your swings, like the skill set is very very different from traditional like classic Hearthstone in this set. It is almost entirely skills of the new uh, like standard meta stuff and uh it's it's a bit jarring. Um, it doesn't feel great if you have a below average deck. It feels pretty awful. But if you have an above average deck, then you're in the game. This is how you win. It's not a skillless meta. It is not even a super low, like we've had many metas with significantly lower skill impact than this one. Uh, Definitely. for for like above average decks at least. I don't know about below average decks. It feels pretty bad that below
1: average deck. So Step number one is to recognize the fact that games go on longer now on average. People are responding Mm -hmm. as well because what happens is um, people are... Thinking to themselves and recognizing it's like okay i have to draft a little bit bigger now you always want to think it's like is there a point where anybody can get underneath them but it's sort of like well we don't have buckets so people as a collective would have to push that super duper far but what is the next step for you then like because if everybody is just zigging what is sort of Mm. like a kind of like a zag and look this isn't anything very innovative but what i found really helps me is um stuff that takes time to mm-hmm. marinate for you to meet that condition you are going to meet that condition uh much yep. more likely so i had a really good shaman deck um i think it went like 10 or 11 i think it might have only gone like 10 but um it it, it was a very good deck and the reason was because I had uh, three of those parrots. You know, the three mana parrots. Oh, I got wrecked right by parrots. Yeah, that repeat the last battle cry you played. Now, obviously, that means I have three kind of small, pretty useless freaking cards that I can mm. not never play on three. But I never played them on three, <laughs> even if I had them in hand. I just never did and i just trusted that my deck which you should have enough initiative you should have enough crappy other drops in the early game uh to sustain you and then i need those parrots to get max value so your deck the 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 total value total like um kind of like just stuff that you generate and swing potential from your deck it's okay if it's not independent it's okay if it's not you know a twin tyrant which you know you just drop by itself it's fine and you actually need the the parrot you actually sometimes need the okay i gotta play i gotta play spell before i do this i need a dragon before Mm -hmm. i do that i need to do this before i do that i need this on the board before this triggers um you will have the time to do it if you play correctly so these days it's not so much about I need to make the correct trade. It's I need to draft and then play to buy myself the time to get and these then RNG mega. draw. Yeah, and then uh, it, it, to allow myself to get these draws to get the mega swings. Um, that helps. Now, look, if you see the opportunity in the middle of the game or even at the beginning, where your opponent is like, re- just they're not curving out well. Um, they they uh, yeah. you can shift that right. I'm not saying yeah. to just stay with one thing, but um, I have seen that. Like, okay, that if everybody you, you is... shouldn't
0: draft for that. You should play no. like that, right? Yeah. Because every game you should do the most optimal move. And if your opponent is doing nothing, like I, I, I had multiple opponents uh, just do total bullshit for certain turns, as if the game isn't happening. And I'm like, okay, well then you're dead, right? Yeah. But you don't draft for that. Um.
1: Feel free to draft for those synergies. Like the if you're holding a dragon and you're like, well, I only have like. You know i don't have as many as i would feel comfortable with maybe normally and i think the answer to that is like i don't know what normally means for you but get it Mm -hmm. you should have the time your superior skill here in this meta is recognizing that number one and then playing towards that and buying yourself time in order for Mm -hmm. you to get those swings because on average you can't just draft independent independently good cards to overwhelm your opponent yeah. um this isn't kind of like druid from last meta in which that was druid right you drafted or found a scale of Onyxia. is it time to use scale of Onyxia? okay is it time to use miracle growth okay um so right now a lot of it is like oh man i need to find a good battle cry and then play it and then i need to play my parrot mm-hmm. um so th- that's one of the differences. It- it's kind of fun. You, you know, there are m- many steps in order to maximize your value and your win rate by doing this. It's not as fun, though, because as you are doing this, you necessarily are giving your opponent more time to do it. And it's possible yeah. that they do it better than you because mm-hmm. they get something crazier. Let's say they make the mistake of them discovering a mech but then they get a sneeze. they win off of it now what can you do right uh they they did it maybe it was a quote mistake um to discover a <laughs> mech instead of something else with their amalgam or or whatever but they win um, that's going to be frustrating so you have to kind of let that slide off you you got to forget about that and you have to go back to trying to maximize your combos your synergies yeah. uh so this is why i said at the, at the very beginning it's up to you guys to decide whether or not you like this meta i think some of you guys will really like this skill um that i laid out uh that i think is very important for the meta i think the other people will say i don't want to at any given moment moves to one of twenty ridiculous bomb legendaries um that anybody could get. Uh I don't want to lose or hundred
0: combos that have so many combos left in the arena right now.
1: Um and also multi class combos because there's ways to discover and everything. So that's just really tough. Like I I, I Mm -hmm. get it. It's it's a big give and a big take. Um, You know, you can pick classes that you really couldn't pick before that are pretty good. Warrior is good again. Mm -hmm. Remember, Boomsday was uh, a very good expansion for Warrior. So they got back some very good cards.
0: Um, I'm still surprised Warrior is decent right now. Like, even with Boomsday coming back. But, yeah, the the stats are are quite favorable to Warrior. You can
1: play almost (laughs) any class and not feel terrible about it. Um, for example, Hunter is you know the the last non priest class, and people typically play Hunters wrong. Um, Demon Hunter being number eight is sort of just like oh that, that that is definitely a little bit rough. But hey, like forty seven point seven percent, that's very mm-hmm. doable. You know you you high roll just a little bit and suddenly you have a uh, a very competitive Demon Hunter deck. So. I've laid out sort of the the pros and cons, give and take. I will say that after playing a lot on the first and second day, I was pretty worn out. I was like, I I don't know if I like this amount of swing, this sort of like doing doing my planning, but in the back of my head thinking, okay, at, you know, at any given moment they could just hit me with a huge bomb that I can't really recover from because the bombs now are all different they're not all like twisting nether and then Mm -hmm. i repopulate they are some sort of big swing and you can try to prepare yourself uh and say in your hand i have single target removal i have aoe i have this i have that um there's just a decent chance they'll find something through their big combo that you can't deal with in any efficient manner and then you're dead
0: yep um and you should be doing the same thing to them uh so it's when you lose it feels even worse than it normally does in hearthstone when you win it may not feel better especially if you're a good player and you're like did i need to do that i guess i'm doing that because everyone else is doing that and that's like you know so easy to do like combos used to have a cost and this meta the cost of waiting for that combo is so low that you just do it. That even for good players, even for players who want to minimize RNG. And combos are always high on RNG because you have to draw your pieces, right? So that is very high in RNG. Especially if you don't have a lot of actual card drawing your deck and you're just generating or whatever. Um, but we're at the meta in which that cost, even for good players, it's kind of something you swallow and you deal with. Um, and uh, here, here's the thing with this meta. Directionally, we're going to get more metas like this. I think that as there are more and more good sets like this isn't exactly like all dragons fault right like dragons make a lot of it possible but you're just going to have a lot of these rotations that come out with all good cards and that's not a bad thing because that's what it should be all sets in arena should be roughly the same power level right that's fair right well this is the power level this is the full Blast! This isn't even the full blast. But this is as close to the full blast as we've gotten in the last couple years of the power level of the game of Hearthstone. So there is no going in a different direction. They can't do it. Even if Blizzard wanted to, they can't. And from what Matt London's talked about, about him liking stuff like Synergy Picks, not the way it was implemented, but the idea. um, The dev team also wants to go in this direction. Which I guess is good for the dev team because I really don't know how you could go in a different direction given just what the cards are uh, in the pool. So you're going to see this much more frequently be in this type of similar meta than you did before. So basically, if, you, if you're not... Like fully on board with this, and I know a lot of uh, old school arena players who've been here for a while. This is not our favorite, you know, play style. It's not my favorite playstyle. Uh, I think Verbs hates it a little bit more than me. I've kind of been beaten into it and been like, okay, this is just where the game is going. Um, there's there's nothing to be done, and this isn't like an arena thing, right? These are these are the cards that are published for constructed. We're at this power level, like what when when everything was yeti or yeti plus tiny 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 ability that didn't matter well then getting a 4-1 means a lot if you trade while you set things up and you know what's going on when everything is yeti plus deal two damage (laughs) that 4-1 is not doing much even without combos and then you throw in everything is now possibly comboing with four other cards in your deck rather than one other card in your deck if anything this is just what's going to happen this is this is inevitable uh So, so get used to it. Um, I want to talk about uh, three things that Blizzard can do to make this meta better for all players. No matter if you like this kind of style or if you prefer an older school style, because I see a lot of complaints on Arena HS. I also see a lot of people defending um, this uh, meta. I don't see anyone saying this is my favorite meta ever or anything like that. So clearly this is not like the best result and, um, you know, they're going to be doing some refining. Blizzard has said, Matt London has said when he, uh, they did the first offer rates adjustment like two, three weeks into the meta, that the next one's going to be much quicker. Well, I'm hoping for one week, which means I'm hoping it happens early next week, but at least by the weekend, right? Like, I'm not going to stream again until Friday. I hope by Friday there is some kind of adjustment happening. And here is my top three things that I'm looking forward to for adjustment. And adjustments will make the meta better, unless they totally screw it up, which I don't think they will. Because the meta is already, like class balance-wise, which is the easiest part for them to screw up, is, is in a pretty tight ban right now. So first, on the neutral side, you guys know how much we love that they reduce the neutral offering rate for cards like Night Captain, Mothership, uh, they totally destroyed Gangplank. Um, those are all very good, uh, and they're presumably keeping the same philosophy um, because it got a pretty good reception. Uh, overall in the community and the cards that are up next is the card everyone hates twin tyrant which i think is responsible for more players quitting arena uh, than any other card and that is at 57.3 percent win rate which is 0.4 percent win rate below knight captain which is the best common uh neutral card in the game right now and one that they have nerfed the offering rates of and then not far behind Twin Tyrant is Venomous Scorpion at 57.2% win rate. So, pretty much the same as Twin Tyrant. Those are also historically the only two cards, neutral commons or rares, that we have ever rated in the A tier that was not nerfed or removed from the arena or given an offering odds uh, adjustment. Literally the only two. So... With a more proactive arena team, I feel good. I feel good about getting these adjusted down. Now, what's so important about these getting adjusted down besides they're the terrible cards that you don't really want to see uh, in, in, in the game? Well, they're also both big cards. Like, really big cards. Twin Tyrant is 8 mana, but it's like a 10 mana card. Venomous Scorpion is 3 mana, but you get to discover a spell. And spells are really good, and some of them are really big. So... You are taking out two common neutral cards or not taking out right but you're reducing the offering rates of two common neutral cards that twin tyrants like two and a half cards venomous scorpion is like two cards if not more than two cards like that, that that matters that matters in the overall drafting meta and i think you're going to get a little bit of a squeeze on this combo meta from the way it is right now which is, which is a good thing, because I think it's a, little, it's a little too free of this like wait-for-combo-ness that, that we're seeing here. Um, so not only are you reducing RNG, reducing swing, but you're also shifting the meta in a positive direction with those two uh, offering rate adjustment nerfs. Um, another one that I don't think is going to happen but could get nerfed is Primordial Protector. We rated that one a low A. Uh, but it's an epic card, and so eh, like they didn't move the offering rate for school teacher, which is doing way better, and is a, we rate that at a plus. Uh, so I don't know that Primordial Protector is going to move, but it also has a very high offering rate, a uh, very high win rate. So yeah, that's that's the two nerf list now. The other thing that's super good uh, that if it were to happen is that there are going to do class adjustments at some point. And although the band is very tight, like Burp said, you know who's on top at fifty three point two percent win rate? It's Shaman. And it's kind of alone at top. Paladin's fifty two point six percent, not that far away. But you you can't say that Paladin's actually number for top tier like top tier is Shaman. And what did we say the last couple podcasts about Shaman? is that they did not nerf Shaman. They did not nerf Shaman uh, in the previous adjustments because Shaman was doing below average. But Shaman has some of the most problematic cards in the entire game. It has some of the only S-plus cards that we have in the game that are not legendary. And it's Wildpaw Cavern, which is rare. And to this day, I've still not won a single game where they Wildpaw Cavern me on 4. Not a single one. I've done this like 20 times by now. Um. So, uh, I think Walpaw Cavern is less terrible design in a meta like this, but it's still insane, and it is the number one win rate card to no one's surprise uh, in Shaman at sixty-two point three percent win rate. So, if they're touching class adjustments at all. This is a prime candidate to have offering rates reduction for, and in terms of just games not mattering, it will significantly reduce the amount of games not mattering when you play against a shaman. Um, Also, the new card Command of uh, Neptalon uh, is right behind Caverns, like we predicted. We gave it an S tier. I don't think we gave it S plus, but it's it's right there. So this is also a candidate for uh, for nerfing, uh, or I mean, if not for offering rate nerfing um and it uh, on top of that the, the command of neptalon being a uh, new set card i don't know if the whole like i don't know if the uh the main set why am i blanking on the name the sunken city set still has its offering rate bonus but the new mini set definitely does command of neptalon is offered like twice as much as Wallblock cavern um and and you can see it in the games like you'll see the new cards more often than you may think you should be seeing them and there's not a lot of the new cards so i can see why they're doing it but it means that command of the neptalon is actually like everywhere even though it's a rare card because it has a 2x offering bonus of sorts um so so yeah so those are some candidates uh to be to be nerfed um on the on the shaman side that i'm excited about um And I hope that once they nerf these kinds of cards, they don't just, like, reset it for a new meta. And that these super powerful cards just stay nerfed. And, like, maybe they get unnerfed if they get, like, if the class is doing super poorly. But I would just prefer they never get unnerfed. Like, I don't care how bad Shaman does. Giving them more wallpaw caverns is never the answer.
1: I think that's reasonable.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Alright. Well... That's that's kind of the meta. I think we did a pretty good uh, wide coverage of the meta, and there's no like. Well, I mean, we talked about Neptulon, the uh, of Neptulon, which is the only like S tier card that we rated. Um, I haven't seen any cards that made me think, oh, our ratings are terribly wrong. With with one exception, um, if you guys are actually following our rating, we didn't do this on the last life force because Hunter wasn't announced yet, but Shellshock, when we released the final ratings we gave it a c and that's because we misread the card like what the description does so shell shot is a three mana uh hunter card that deals randomly three damage then two damage then one damage but it's described in such a weird way we thought it only dealt three damage and then two damage and that one extra damage matters a lot because that's the cleanup damage you know like it'll clean up the the rest of the board um so we initially rated it a c but that's just because we're rating a different card it's actually a low b i
1: think that makes sense
0: yeah and merbs you wanted a higher to begin with even when you thought it was only dealing three than two i liked it yeah uh, but yeah but now it's a it's a b uh it's, it's a good card so if you were religiously following our our ratings like don't don't shy away from this card this is a good card Okay. Um, but I yeah, think those are but all the, the other
1: good suggestions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so the other cards are all, like like you said, right? Like for the power level of a mini set, this one isn't really out there. This one is, is very in line. Like I know there was a lot of hesitation about Azumata and Neptalon, and yeah, you do see more of them than we would like, um, but hopefully, oh, right. That would be the third one. I said there were three things I was looking forward to: uh, the offering rods adjustment. One is neutral cards down. One is shaman down. The third one are these legendary downs. I don't know how far they're going to go in expanding it, but uh, the team previously, when they were nerfing, uh, when, when they were announcing Neptulon, said that this was in heavy consideration to be uh, to be offering odds reduced like Inixia. Um which is which is great. We want less S tier cards in the game. Period. But if you look at the actual win rates of these cards um goliath is still ahead of neptalon just to give an example the goliath was ahead of raid boss Exia in the previous meta and i don't know they're not talking about nerfing goliath um uh, actually raid boss Exia is not doing quite uh, so quite so well uh, in this meta and I, I have no idea why um but it's still obviously absurd um, but it's being beat right now by Ivis, which I think it should be beat by. I'd rather have an Ivis in my deck than a Raid Boss and Ixia. And it's also being beat by Yasera, which is just crazy. Um, but yeah, but Neptalon's coming in second behind Goliath. And Azumot is six, uh, right above, a uh, tied with DQA, uh, the unnerfed DQA. Um, and uh, a significant 1% below Varian. So, yeah, it's like, I mean, we were with, along with everybody, I think everybody thought Neptulon was better than Azumot. We rated them both an A, but we rated Azumot like a mid-A, and Neptulon like a high A. Um, I'm sorry, not A S, a high S. But I uh, I maintain Nephtalon's not an S-plus card. Okay.
1: Uh, I think those are all decent suggestions. I ho- hope that we'll see something soon. I don't know. Like, I think this meta is it's just going to be tough because no matter how you adjust it but with the tools that i think they have at their disposal um you just got to get used to kind of these swings uh i look in in the near future i think uh diablo mortal is fun i will be playing that i want to see what they do with the arena adjustments because i spam yeah. the hell out of arena on the first and second days and I was like, you know, this is uh, not really the meta for me. Um, mm-hmm. It just it, there was just a a little bit too much happening in every single game. Um, I, I I do enjoy that skill of kind of uh, you know drafting your synergies, uh, waiting for the right time to trigger them. But man, your your opponents are doing the exact same thing. So it's like, it's it's pretty tough because when you get it to hit i think some games are very satisfying in this meta uh, because you you can play them well and uh you know you can make some real fireworks happen but i think some games are going to be pretty frustrating as well and unfortunately um because of the way that this system is set up it's like you can only lose three times those losses are going to feel pretty crushing like every single run you're going to have at least like one and probably like one and a half pretty unsatisfying slash crushing losses (laughs) like where you you just feel like it's like was that fair um and it that might be a little bit too high for you that's a little bit too high (laughs) for me uh you know just on a personal how i feel kind of level and of course we talked about it before this is sort of like a, i'm okay being lied to like if i can't there are medicine which maybe you were dead from the very beginning but i couldn't see it um but here it's very easy to see and me seeing that seeing how the sausage is made kind of uh makes me feel like uh all right well that's yeah. all the victories are not really worth some of these losses
0: on that feeling side though i kind of have the the opposite uh reaction which is that in this meta um there are far fewer games i mean because of what the meta is there are far fewer games where i lose on turn three it's happened a couple times where i'm just like oh, on turn three i lost um but in most metas there's more of that so in terms of that kind of feel badness there's less of but there's definitely more feel badness of well, my opponent was going to pull off this combo at some point anyway like the hell was i gonna do about this and when i say this combo i mean this combo as the third big combo that they pulled off because i took care of the first two uh so yeah um, all right let's go on to question from the goat we wanted to talk about it last week but we thought you know the set was coming out we were reviewing cars it was a whole thing uh, but we're going to talk about it now. Diablo Immortal. It launched on Thursday. It officially... It unofficially launched on Wednesday. It officially launched on Thursday. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody is playing it or not playing it very angrily. And, uh, I want to break it down into, into three pieces. Because we're going to take a little bit of time to talk about it. It's a big Blizzard release and we're both playing. Like, we... I, I put in, like, 40 hours into this game uh, so far. I think we're just in more. Um... But, or at least he's higher level, so maybe he's just more efficient about it. <laughs> um, <coughs> and uh, we're, uh, we're, we're, I think, overall enjoying it. But I'm going to break it down to three things. First is how is the game, you know, our general thoughts about the game. Second is how you can join us in playing the game. Because the Grinning and Goat clan is live, well, and it is accepting players. And then three is monetization how much is this game going to cost us? How much this game should be costing you? And uh, what is all the buzz about monetization? What is Blizzard doing here? So let's start with one, how is the game? Right now, from what you've played so far, and keep in mind, neither of us are level 60 yet. So we are not talking about the end game from an actual experience perspective.
1: We can give you an idea of where we are. I am level 56 and I believe I am like, right at the end of the main quest line. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they'll pull a big twist on me and m- maybe it won't be. Uh, and then you are like level 50? I am level
0: 52 okay. and I have been playing all sorts of random things in the game. I've actually, so my experience with the game so far uh, is that I have not been gated yet. I've always just played when I want what I want and I've been able to access everything. And I've done everything they told me to. I'm like trying to play the game that Blizzard wants me to play, basically so you whenever are, the codex yeah. is like hey do this I'm like okay I'll do that hey you know try a pvp game okay I'll do that hey you know elder rifts are cool I'm like cool I'll try that it's like oh now go back to your quests and I'm like okay I'll do that and I never had to grind never had to you know do whatever I just did one main quest line a day and uh, there's something called like a level gate where at a certain point you're not allowed to do more like uh, of your main quest and they make you do side quests and other stuff it's never happened to me whenever I want to do main quest i've been able to um uh but but i have done a lot of other stuff just because people are playing and doing other stuff Uh, so so
1: yeah let's talk about okay um now you guys know uh i played a ton of diablo 2 um Mm i played more diablo 2 than any other game that i've played in my entire life and i played a lot of games generally um i played a ton of diablo 3 and i played a ton of diablo 3 up until they came out with like primal ancient items in which i was like i i I hate this like i I just hate that system um but yeah you're talking to somebody who uh i i haven't played diablo 3 recently but i was part of like you know when the first few seasons of greater rift climbing came out i was playing hardcore and climbing greater rifts so i'm i'm pretty familiar because let's face it Diablo Immortal is Diablo 3 assets in a mobile game it's it, like in a know. mobile
0: MMO nah. that is very important I kept talking about this last time you're okay. making fun of me now the game I'm is out will you admit now that the MMO, MMO part is actually really big in Diablo Immortal it, it, or no are you still no, of the opinion no, that it's, no, Diablo it's definitely III? not it's like <sighs> it is definitely not
1: you see other people on there and it's more annoying than something that is like any sort of immersion or positive so no definitely it is not an mmo like anyways okay so look um it's fun as in it is a new diablo 3 experience uh i think the combat is good i was talking about this a little bit even before the uh, the podcast started so i i i I will tell you
0: this um and The combat's weaker than Diablo 3, right? Like, it's got to be simplified. Like, from what I remember of Diablo 3, Diablo Immortal seems to have a less good combat system. It's about as good as I could
1: hope for here, in this setting. Or, or like, uh, of how they ported it over, essentially. Um, But, but yeah, Diablo 3 is... uh, um, Yeah, it it, it is a little bit better, right? uh, In terms of the combat. So, here is how the game feels because a lot of people are very angry right now and i think it's very easy to jump onto the bandwagon um and just be like this is a purely evil game
0: we'll talk about how evil it is in the right. third topic of but, monetization let's just talk about the game for now right playing the game
1: leveling is very fun and i think that the game mechanics that they did to simplify it as you are leveling. Is very smart. So, for example, what they did was, uh, as you are leveling, uh, if an item by the game measurement is better for you, they'll just have a little up arrow. And they'll be like, hey, this item is better. You should equip it. You don't really have to think for the Mm -hmm. item uh, when you're leveling. And that's a good thing. Because when you're leveling,
0: you get so many items.
1: You should, yeah, exactly. They want to give you a lot of items, and you want to be like, oh, this is a better item. I want to go back to like, killing demons, right? Like slaying demons. Um, very, very good choice. In the end game, you will have to think about item choices, and this is important. Like, I like the fact that while you're on leveling, they take that out and try to get you mm-hmm. back into the action, and in the end game, they know you want to tinker now. So, so
0: focused in the end game. You just craft specific whatever. Like yes. I spent like an hour or two trying to figure out which gems I need to craft because of what I wanted. Like that was a big like time sink. And then I spent more time comparing some choices between which legendaries I was selecting for one of my quest rewards. Or like sorry, battle pass reward. Yep. Um, and, uh, and those are big decisions. But in the day to day, if I'm getting a legendary item, like okay, I have to go identify it, and I'll probably use it because you know it's a legendary item. Uh, but anything else I'm getting, I am told whether it is better or not. They're sometimes wrong. This system is not perfect. So if it's you're trying perfect. to like look at yeah. every item and you're gonna like try to min max it a bit, you can. Uh, oh. It's not worth it, I don't think. But like you can. Otherwise, they'll just tell you that an item is better. Um, and if an item is approximately the same, I noticed it doesn't trigger. It's not like if an item is like two percent better, they're not gonna tell you it's better. Um, so yep. uh, it's like this, like soft system for like casuals, right? But here's the thing about leveling in Diablo Three, uh, for example, or Diablo Immortal. You you want to be a casual? It's way more fun being a casual. Why are you min-maxing the zero to sixty process?
1: It's one of the see. I, I see a comment already right now. Is how is not having to think a good thing because what games do, and, and this is just good game design. Because if you're saying. Um oh then you just shouldn't care and you should just keep leveling. No, no no, but you also don't want to level and feel like you're missing out. Any mm-hmm. time a game makes you think that you're missing out on something, that feels bad. And also, I I think it's fair to say it, when you're leveling, uh you want to spend the vast majority of your time doing the quests, right i I Mm -hmm. want to see what's next
0: and doing quests killing things having things pop out getting a legendary which you still have to identify and determine for yourself i I don't want to think
1: at level 35 remember the end game is level 60 plus i don't want to think at level 35 shifting through my inventory do i have any items that are better i want them to just tell me right away hey you're level 35 you're going to be level 36 and like 10 minutes um <laughs> use this item for the next 10 minutes cool got it um mm. that's just really good i think that's great game design um what they also did was you can transfer upgrades from one item oh, to yeah. the other that's so, so good. I, I i do like that aspect of it in which you don't waste that so these are all gameplay things that I like. Yeah. Um, I think
0: that up until... Uh, on the on the upgrade thing, I just want to add something. Like It's such good design because of the no thinking thing. Because it's not like I'm upgrading the most efficient or best thing at all times. But I don't need to be. Because I'm preserving all my resources anyway. And I'm going to have them all upgraded to whatever rank I'm going to end the game with uh, in any case. So leveling one thing from rank 2 to rank 3 before I level another thing. Even if it's the wrong decision. Does not hurt me and so i don't have to do research into all this crap and you guys know me i numbers everything out and i min-max everything out i have fun doing it but i don't want to do it on the 100 systems that exist within a arpg that's based on you know itemization when i'm level 10 about to get to level 11
1: okay so yeah um, i think that the gameplay aspects and also i've i've watched streams i've looked at the end game and i'm i'm like basically almost there at the end game the end game stuff i'm just like okay this has some oomph as well like they have the challenge rifts from diablo 3 which i really enjoyed uh so as for gameplay i think they did a pretty good job like i would give them like a a half-hearted like you know like yeah thumbs up okay for just the gameplay
0: okay so so here's the gameplay like I really like the gameplay and this is coming from someone who thinks Hades is probably the best game ever made. Hades being a real ARPG, very Twitch control centric, like actual skill, lot of actual skill. Like I was into the end game going on leaderboards, like I'm not the best skilled player on my mechanics but I'm, I'm no slouch. I appreciate an ARPG with good mechanics. Um, Diablo Immortal feels like it has good mechanics it doesn't matter as much by a long shot compared to a more precise game like hades and i know hades is not the most precise game you know in that genre uh, to begin with but given what this game is trying to do i like the balance that it hit you have to pay attention skill matters i got slaughtered when I was when when I went somewhere, I was like, I'm just gonna click forward. And then I went on something with merps with it at a higher difficulty level. I was like, oh crap! It's not that I can't handle it. I could handle it. I just had to change the way I played the game, as if I was like, you know, thinking about it. I had to kite a bit as a melee character. I had to like you know figure out when and where to use my skills rather than just on countdown. I had to position a lot better and to figure out which horde I pulled when. I didn't figure it all out in the like five minutes that that particular uh, rift took. Um, but uh, there's definitely like depth to the action RPG element. And I also know because I play with brand new my wife. Uh, I played most of my game time with her, maybe 75% of the time with her. And she's like totally new to the ARPG genre. She played some Diablo 2 in a real casual way when Res- um, Resurrected came out. And. Um, you know, like, she's not good at the game uh, for very obvious reasons. She's new to the game, to the genre, to everything. And she's getting better, but it's noticeable. Like, she will die. You, 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 so so that means that someone who is new to the game... It's not like she's brain dead, but, like, if you don't play Diablo, like, you're, you're not you're you're, in the mid-level contents even not even the end game it's gonna be rough and when we tried some of the like the intro to end game content stuff like she's noticeably dragging the team behind Um, this will change as she figures out how to play the game better but this means that there is skill in the game Um, and that's that's very that's like a like it's not a brain dead game is kind of what, what what I'm getting at and a lot of MMOs actually are pretty close to brain dead in terms of the action part where the main thrust of the MMO that you actually have to have skill for is the coordination within a party part not the actual mechanical skills you know uh, part in just doing random rifts or like whatever equivalent in, but Diablo actually has a good amount i think they get a very good balance on the amount yeah, that's
1: fun okay so when are we talking about monetization
0: Oh, we're no, we're not we're not going there yet um okay so i you, you talked about your experience with the game and compared to diablo 3. um i quit diablo 3 after like i don't know less than a month and i did not look back it was a great month i had a lot of fun together me merps and our friends broke the auction house in the beginning uh and, uh and then i was kind of done with the game because um they didn't have the rifts and the stuff yet and then when they came up i was onto another game and whatever but uh, Diablo Immortal is it was exactly what I needed. I was excited for it to launch. I love all the MMO features that Murphs refuses to call MMO features, but that's what A-player raids of a whatever thing are. They're like MMO-like features. That's what the whole Cycle of Strife system is. That's what all the nonsense that come around like and whatever are. Like. I like that it's a world. All right. And not just because there's random other players running around next to you being half like opaque and half invisible, depending on what's happening in your quest. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that's
1: the problem with it. It's not okay. It has features that you find in MMO games, but it's not an MMO because you don't have any of the feeling of the MMO because it's just ha- like sometimes a random person is, is seen on your screen, whether no. in town or in the field.
0: Okay, so the way they do it in Diablo is that it's a dynamic system where if you guys are in the same area doing similar things and you're a similar level, which means... Because the enemies are pegged to your level, so you can go back to old regions and not, like, just cakewalk through it. I mean, you kind of cakewalk through most regions. Um, but, like, the y- y- the enemies do get harder, so you can't just, like, fully turn your brain... Like, it's a game where you can't fully turn your brain off unless you're doing an Elder Rift. Um, uh, which I think is nice. Um, so... They will be a part of your game. They will hit the same enemies you hit, everything will happen, you just get separate loot. That's it. Like normal Diablo 3 style. But if they're a different level or on a different part of the quest, or you know, doing something else different, sometimes they're like kind of faded or they're like in there, but they're you can obviously tell that they're seeing different things than you, because they're on some different part of the quest, but you'll still know that they're there. So I like to call it the modern MMO. Like, no, it's not a direct MMO where you are teleported into a world and all the world physics work the same exact way as Earth in our reality. Um, It is instead a game mechanic that makes you feel like you are part of the wider world, provides you with a good amount of uh, interaction, but doesn't make it as annoying. Like, one of the things is doing bounties, um, which is a very MMO mechanic um, of just like, go out and kill 10 boars today uh, to clear off your dailies. Like, fine, you know, not the most creative thing, but I'll go and do it. Uh, if you're in a real MMO, depending on what region it is, either the monsters will spawn too fast and it'll be so obvious that you will actually feel like farming rather than providing the illusion that you're going out and attacking and finding some boars. Um, instead, what Diablo, uh, what Diablo does is this nice thing in which... People are there, and they're doing stuff, but they're not necessarily finding all the same boars that you're finding. So you can still be in an MMO environment while completing your quest. Like, I wouldn't want it to be a one-to-one, like, fully pegged to reality and other people are just stealing my kills. They already steal some of my kills. I don't want them to steal more of my kills. I deal very little damage. I'm a Crusader. I get my kills stolen a lot. (laughs) Um, But Yeah. Uh, so I, liked, I like all those kinds of mechanics uh, in the game. But more importantly, because I never had the Diablo 3 experience, the real Diablo 3 experience after they like changed the whole g- endgame up, this is a great way to get that experience for me. Because it's apparently the same thing as Diablo 3, with just like a bunch of added new stuff. Yes. Uh, and they refined stuff. a lot of the stuff, so you didn't have to be a part of their beta test. Uh, and it all is pretty nice and interesting. like. Uh, from all the things I've heard about Murphs about Diablo 3 Endgame it was quite good it just happened after everybody already left the game for dead um, and now you have a new game in which I mean people are trying to kill it because I I feel like Diablo fans are like just some of the most bitter annoying people in like the world when it comes to what they feel about Diablo like and that's coming from like the world of Hearthstone which is not all, all you know candy and I don't know fuzzy stuff um but like just the 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 toxicity level anyway uh it's a good game from zero to 60 at least i will not comment on the end game i don't have personal experience in the end game looking like math i've mapped out the end game by the way so i could talk a little bit about that later but it's uh, when the monetization part Um, because I don't have hands-on experience. I can only do numbers. So that just kind of ties into monetization when you're talking about endgame. But at least the 0 to 60 experience, it is very good. It's like an 8 out of 10. Brand New gave it a 7 out of 10, which is very high for her. She hates games. Diablo 2 Resurrected, she thought, was like a 4 out of 10 or a 3 out of 10. Um, Like, this is, uh, it's just, it's a good game. And you don't have to pay any money for it. Uh, it's entirely free. You could do zero to sixty entirely free, very, 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 very easily. Um, and I mean, I pay money, but I like giving Blizzard money. I still pay money for Hearthstone. I don't have to pay money for Hearthstone. I just, I just like supporting any developer that I play, even if they're not supporting me. That's just what I do. But you don't have to. Um, that's why it's. Uh, that's why the payment structure is uh, free to play. Like Diablo Immortal is a true free to play game through level sixty.
1: Yep. Uh, I'll say that. Yeah. Through
0: level 60, it is true. You will get all the story elements. Um, you will be asked to pay a lot of times, by the way. Uh, they're not shy about being like, spend a buck here. Spend $5 here. We can give you this for 28 bucks." But you can just say no. And if you do, you will not be really any worse for it. Um, for, for the 0 to 60. So... The zero to sixty game is absolutely great. I recommend everybody play it. I don't care how much you don't care about the end game, or how much you hate their monetization system, or you know whatever else. Just play one through sixty, get to the end game, and then decide because it's a great game. Um, and it's a Blizzard game, and Blizzard makes great games. This is this has always been true, and it remains true with Diablo Immortal.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I I completely agree. If you like action RPGs, if you want one that, um, there really is no gate, uh, that, uh, Blizzard puts on you before, like, you reach level 60. Sometimes, you know, people talk about the level gates and everything. It's really not that big of a deal because, okay, if you guys know mobile games, there are some games, for example, uh, such as... You know, in that sort of clash of clans or, like, that, that mm-hmm. like... Ah, what was it, like... Yeah. The, the empire-building games? Sure. In which, from the very beginning... Okay, you log in, they bombard you with all these things, you play for 10 minutes, and then after 10 minutes, you have timers. Mm-hmm. As in, you already have things that you can't do. It's design.
0: like an energy system, where you have X amount of energy, your energy replenishes throughout the day, and you need energy to do things.
1: Yeah. So... The thing is, a lot of people are making this big deal about level gating in Diablo. It's not a gate. It just asks you to play and farm locations in which if you're talking to somebody who plays action RPGs, I think my view of it is like, this is pretty reasonable. I don't know. Asking me to farm dungeons in order to keep going uh, Mm -hmm. is fine. Um, because the equivalent, like if you if you are comparing it to sort of those like you know empire building kind of uh, games, uh, would be if they said, okay, you have done your five dungeons for the day, you can't do anymore. Like mm-hmm. I you without have, paying money, without paying money, please pay yeah. money to do another dungeon. So yes, up until level sixty there are no gates and if you're talking about the level gate that people are talking about that's not a true gate that's them it's, asking you to play the game so,
0: in some like, other way to the people who get annoyed at level gates like i don't understand them because the game is not just the story like the game is so much bigger than just the story and you know what they do in the game they have something called a codex that has this annoying red like tr- uh, diamond thing that you have to Click whenever you get something so you can, you know, get resources, clear a quest or whatever, right? Like, you have to claim all your quests that way. You don't have to go anywhere to claim the quest. You just have to go into your codex and click claim and you get your reward or whatever. Um, And it's persistent throughout the game. It's a normal MMO mechanic. Um, Every MMO has it. Uh, And it will tell you to go do a whole bunch of stuff. You don't have to do any of them. They're all essentially side quests. Like, test out this part of our game. Test out this part of our game. Try this. See if you like it, right? Do this. And when you get to a level gate, if you get to a level gate, it's because you were, like, beelining for it, you know? You were like, I'm going to get through this story. I'm not going to go out and kill monsters on the side. I'm not going to try any of their other stuff that they're, like, doing. No rifts, no challenge rifts, no playing with friends. Just, just me and the main quest line. We going. Um, then, yeah, they gate you. Starting, I think, level 35 is the first gate or something, or maybe level 30 is the first gate. And they basically force you to do something else, anything else. I told you that I have not been gated yet. Through level 52, there has not been a single time where they were like, you are not at a high enough level to go to the next uh, area in the main quest. And I also have not farmed any area for anything in this entire game. I just played naturally, but I played all parts of the game. Like, if they were like, hey, part of your daily quest is to complete six rifts, I did six rifts. If they were like, hey, here's eight bounties, you'll get eight more tomorrow, I did eight today, I'm doing eight tomorrow. I am just doing everything that they provide a bonus for in the game. Um, And I I have not been gated at 52 yet. And I haven't even started uh, whatever this next mission uh, is that that had. I think 51 was the gate that I didn't hit. And I haven't started that yet. So I think by whenever the hell I get through that that main mission, I'm still not going to be gated. Um, Because I am playing the game as Blizzard intended. The people who are gated are trying to game the system. They're not telling that to you because that's how they play, so they like to say, oh, I'm just playing the game. But they're not. What they're doing is they're just playing the main quest. And that's not how you play Diablo Immortal. And that's why the gates exist.
1: Yeah, I really, I, I just don't mind them um, saying, oh, you gotta go farm some monsters, gain some...
0: EV. Not even farm monsters. Do anything. Do anything. You like to farm because you like farming. I do not necessarily like farming. I like very limited farming. And I haven't farmed at all.
1: Well, it's not even um, farm... Like, sorry. Go out into the world and do things. It's not farming. Do like, like, you don't define it as farming. But it's like, what's a greater rift, right? You know, that's it's like farming. Uh, Well, okay, I mean, but if you do,
0: like, four Greater Rifts and then a dungeon that they tell you to do, and then you, you know, like, go find a hidden, like, place or whatever, and then you play with a friend, and then you do a a side quest line, like, I don't call that farming, I just call that doing stuff in the game. Like, farming is, I think, like, I'm gonna do 20 Greater Rifts right now. Like, that's farming. Sure.
1: Uh, So, yeah, Um, very smooth up until 60, and uh, any sort of gating... It, well, like we said, it's it's not a true gate, and I'm fine with like mm. anything that's not a true gate. It's not even just like not a true gate, and then they make it incredibly difficult for you to get there. It's pretty yep. easy to to get past these whatever gates, if you want to call them that
0: yep um and i want to end the normal gameplay thing with a a note about uh skills so there's basically no attributes uh like your your stats uh that's all calculated kind of behind the scenes um so that element is completely gone which is fine diablo always had the worst quote-unquote decision making for where you put your stats um but uh the skills is also gone you just get a flat progression of skills but the runes that were in Diablo 3 are now on legendary items. Every single legendary item has a rune attached... Uh, has a um, alteration of one of your skills attached to it, basically. Uh, and... You can extract that essence and then put it on any other legendary item, so that you know your level twenty legendary item. That skill, the most important part, could essentially be used later on. So, energy. So, legendary items become really exciting to find in the progression because it basically gives you an extra skill that you can use, uh, like in, in your rotation. Um, because they're quite major changes. If you guys remember how the runes updated the uh, the the skill tree in uh, in Diablo three, like it totally changes your skill, basically. Um, like, just as an example, I had a the Crusader has a sword skill where you throw a sword and it falls down from the sky, and then you can jump up and kind of slam down yourself on it and chase it. Um, I have found two legendaries for it so far. One of them basically t- is just a, a charge with your sword, you get three charges that you can save up. Um, and that was cool. And another one is you're like Link, and you like swing the sword, and a blade of power comes out. You're like L- a Link and Zelda at full health. Um, those are not the same skills at all. They function totally differently. They don't deal with the same playstyle or anything. So legendary items are pretty exciting to find because of it. Um, and there is differentiation in skills, but you don't get to test everything out. Um, but there's no like skill points or anything. So you do get to test out whatever you have access to. And I thought the progression was really good. I did not like the skill system for Diablo 3 when going through uh, 1 to 60. Um, I thought it was fairly limiting. Uh, but in Diablo Immortal, it just works. Like I was surprised by how little I was annoyed at the lack of skills. I tested out all the skills. I use like eight different builds um, through uh, this point. Um, I know which ones I like, which ones I don't like. I'm always excited for a legendary item because it means I get to try out a new skill. Essentially, um, so it's the the feeling's good and the progression's good. It's just it's a good game.
1: Okay, now. Let's talk about the thing that everybody is. What are we talking
0: about? Oh no 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 monetization's last. Uh, unless you mean the Grin and go clan that everyone's talking about.
1: Okay, just tell them how. Like you're taking way too long to get it. And that's ah, okay. like you're okay, taking okay, okay. way too long. We're, we, we made a
0: clan. To we're gonna be playing this game for. We're gonna be playing this game for a while. Um, and if you want to play with us or just be a part of the clan and do clan stuff, I don't. We're not gonna go super hardcore into it, but we're gonna play like some of the end game stuff. And like you know, we're gonna be like. Half-hardcore with it, let's say. Uh, It is... We are on the Worldstone server. So you got to be on the Worldstone server. The one thing Blizzard messed up the most on... With Diablo Immortal... And I do not think it's going to be fixed anytime soon. It is that... You cannot switch characters between servers. And so if you make a character on a different server... Nothing transfers. You have to start totally new. Not just the characters... But any unlocks. Everything. Just totally new on a different server. Um... And so we're on the World Stone server. So if you haven't played yet or you don't have much progression, and you want to play with us, you are totally welcome. There's 99 spots in the uh, in the clan. Uh, we don't have that many people who listen to the Life Forge podcast and want to play Diablo Immortal. We're letting randoms in, so don't like. We would love it if uh, one of our uh, uh, some of our listeners or, or viewers uh, come hang out with us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so just apply uh to the guild whenever that opens up for you. It's just called Grinning Goat. You can search it up, you can apply, you will be accepted. Um we're gonna become a dark guild soon, so you may actually get kicked out when we become a dark guild if you're not a shadow, but then you can just join again when you become a shadow. That'll all make sense if you're playing the game in the mid stage. Anyway, that's that. That's how you find us. Uh we have a Discord server, you know, we can get on voice chat and whatever too. So just uh, If you want to talk about it or whatever, you can always message uh, me on Reddit or on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, we'll, we'll be responsive. Okay. Now, Murps, you want to talk about monetization?
1: All right. So, look. Um, if you guys haven't seen yet, uh, you probably should have seen because even people who don't play the game know. Um, probably the biggest example is, like, Asmongold uh recently released you know like they somebody did a calculation and like it went viral right like the a hundred and ten thousand dollars uh that number is being thrown around um and then people are uh really trashing on the game and that number has become like you, you, you know the the one word response to to how is diablo immortal as a game one hundred ten thousand dollars keck w um Let's address that for a second. And the entire monetization uh, of Diablo Immortal and just how I think sort of everybody has it wrong. I'm just going to say this off the bat. Um, Do I think that Diablo Immortal does a lot of things to try and get your money? And these are ways that I don't like. Absolutely, <laughs> it's 110%. so obvious. They're not 110%. shy about
0: it. They're like, like they're not hiding anything. Like they're just going after your money.
1: Like no, they. I, I don't know. Like so, for example, when Diablo 2 Resurrected came out, um, I was like, I love this game. I will keep on playing it. I, I don't know how much longer I will play Diablo Immortal for. Like you know, I'll, I'll be playing this week. I, I want to experience the end game for myself. Here's the thing about that number, in which people caught on to it, and they're like, this is ridiculous. Let's just take Diablo II Resurrected, when it first came out, and we know what the best build is. Let's take, you know, the, the build that's probably the most popular, either the Hammered In or the Fist of Heaven's Paladin. So time is money, and money is time uh but uh, like similarly it's sort of like um you know are you able to pay to get things uh in diablo immortal you can actually pay through the shop right and they really don't allow transferring of items in diablo 2 resurrected you can pay third parties to get your items as well um so in diablo 2 resurrected how long would it take you to get because this is the problem with that $110,000 calculation. Mm-hmm. They, they used the best items. The best, the best. The literal best,
0: best items. item, and you have to find it. So, and, and you like, have to. Like, you find are not it. allowed to do any trading. You're not spending $110,000 in the market. You are paying Blizzard so to they, get this item.
1: They basically stated that you would have to play however much long for like 10 plus years in order to find it. I will tell you guys right yeah that was a separate other calculation though mm-hmm. like, you either have to pay a hundred thousand or you have to play it for 10 plus years by the way those
0: are both technically true i actually checked those the are math. Yeah. i did over two hours of math today on it in preparation for this of podcast because i wanted to
1: okay i will tell you guys right now do you know what the best item in diablo 2 resurrected uh, or like the best thing to have is that would be a perfect enigma a perfect like 220 amulet for my paladin an inventory full of Plus one paladin combat skills, plus 45 life skillers. If this means nothing to you, I will tell you this. You need 10 of those charms in your inventory. This is Diablo II Resurrected. This is not immortal. You need 10 of those charms. In my 20 years of playing Diablo II Resurrected, and I, I i hate this because when diablo 2 came back a lot of people are like i haven't found this in 20 years i'm like you noob you are using this 20 <laughs> years when i know you took 18 years off don't compare yourself to me i never took those years off you are a fraud eliminate that 20 years off your reddit post i have not found a single paladin combat skiller with more than 40 plus life in my entire time playing diablo 2 and i've played a shit ton this is like actual years and years of playing um and
0: uh, in, you, in case I you don't know when when murps records the lifeforge podcast and or plays, i'm diablo playing right now he's playing diablo 2 uh,
1: this is diablo 2 resurrected it's a sickness it is he, a sickness. He's playing
0: diablo 2 resurrected he's been doing it almost the entire time we've ever had a podcast or the arena.
1: Yes, this is very true. So, if we're talking about the amount of time it takes, I'm just talking about time right now, to get perfect items, action RPGs and MMOs by design make it such that you won't get get them. You just mm-hmm. will not. So when I heard that 10 year thing, I'm just like wait, that's it. <laughs> like, wait, wait, you could? <laughs> you can get it in 10 years? Like we're talking about one of the charms in my inventory that I would need for the perfect setup. I have not even gotten anything close to one of those in my 20 years of playing. So that's that's that. So
0: by the way, you can roll a 41 to 45 life as yep. the final uh, mod on on that Paladin skiller. And Murphs, you're saying you haven't gotten anyone above 40?
1: Oh no, of course not it's okay. it, like it's almost impossible
0: to I get mean, yeah one. I mean, i've never gotten one i've no. played anywhere near as much as you but and you need 10 of those and that's just your inventory that's not even any equipment that's not equipment. i mean they're... let's
1: not talk talk about the crafts. yeah ravens. let's not talk about equipment
0: uh but what what diablo immortal people are talking about are the legendary gems which there's a total of six of and then they have to be upgraded and whatever but right so i think the point is 10 years is a uh, is very short for these types of games and I don't mean mobile gacha games. I mean for Diablo games. So let's talk about the money for a sec
1: because other people are like, oh, well, uh, you know, like there's time and even though time is money, time is not exactly money. So let's talk about the money aspect. The $110,000, um, there is no official way to buy items in Diablo mm-hmm. 2, but there is a way. And look, if you are that sort of person, Who wants to buy i think you if you are considering spending a hundred
0: thousand dollars on any game you will be using jsp if you play the you will use jsp
1: now that calculation is also made with like you know this this in mind you know right now things are kind of expensive things are necessarily going to get cheaper as the game goes on um when diablo 2 resurrected first came out how much would you have have to have paid to get those items and you would get them when they sort of like first pop up? Yeah, I mean, we're talking at least 50,000. I, I don't know exactly how much because like you, you know, you have to do the digging to find them up as well. Mm. Whenever a 45 life peacomb pops up, I think you would have to drop like. 5,000 bucks for it immediately. You know, uh, this was back in September, October. I mm. I, I don't remember the prices because I was not in the market for it. Yeah, you would have to drop that sort of money for it. And then, you know, you would need like a, a ton of them as well. So once again, I'm, I'm not saying that like, oh, everybody is completely wrong here. I just don't like the fact that people are catching on to this number and then a lot of people are like oh like you know diablo 2 is the is the the righteous game this is like not like this is unreasonable for anybody (laughs) who wants perfection in arpgs or mmos because and i think that's where they went wrong and that's where people are focusing wrong because that number is perfection and perfection just doesn't happen in arpgs
0: Here's what people really mean, they're going to couch this in a lot of language about gambling bad, protect the children, protect the weak of our society that have impulse control issues. Like Blizzard's doing a hard sell in this game. They, they really, you know, they're not shy about asking you to spend a buck, spend two bucks, spend 25 bucks. Um, and they're probably going to do it on a daily basis or a weekly basis, even if you do give them the money. I don't know. It's only been a few days out right now. Um, and yeah, th- those are sales tactics. They're some more effective on some people than others. It seems, from all the reaction, that they do a better job of pissing people off and making them not give you money or play your game than they do actually getting thousands of dollars from anybody. But that's just my opinion. Um, what people are actually concerned about is not really any of this stuff, or at least a small vocal percentage of them are concerned about this stuff. Most people are actually mad about the monetization system for a totally different reason, a very selfish reason. Because most people who are mad about it are not children, they're not people with teenagers that could be spending this money. You know, they don't have impulse control issues themselves or are like trying to hold someone back with impulse control issues but have been fine in life so far, except now with Diablo Immortal. Like, that's not what's happening. People are mad because they're gamers around our age usually maybe a little bit younger maybe a little bit older but they're gamers and they're upset that they have lost in their diablo game that they feel like they own even though this is a totally new diablo game and is not even part of the main franchise line they have lost ownership of the brand and of the game and maybe even of the whole blizzard game because a lot of people who are mad are not actually diablo players they're actually just blizzard players or general pc gaming players um, you never see the mobile people be mad, <laughs> they, they're used to much worse. Uh, and they're afraid they are lost this, because they're afraid that Blizzard's actually going to make a lot of money off this game. And if Blizzard makes a lot of money off this game, maybe Blizzard's future games, or maybe other giant PC companies' future games will look something like this. And what this is, is the fact that you cannot own the entire game. No one's going out there and finding 10 Peacombs that are like 45 life. Right, that Marissa's talking about. No one's doing that. Literally nobody. But you had the option in theory. Not, not mathematically. Mathematically, it would have taken you a million years of gameplay. But in theory, you could have done it. You didn't have to pay a cent extra. Why? Because you own the whole game. With Diablo Immortal, like with almost every mobile game, um, you don't have that option. It is literally impossible. It is not just practically impossible. It is not just that it takes... So when they say it takes 10 years of grinding to do it, I was like, oh, it's possible then. That's like, Murph's, Murph thought... Well, me and Murph had the same thought. Like, Murph thought, oh, that's a short amount of time. I thought, oh, that was even possible. I, I would have sworn they would have just made it so it was impossible. Um, but you can't own the whole game anymore. And it's not just a very tippy-top item, right? Like, let's say you don't want the top item. You want, like, a 95% level gear rather than a 100% level gear. You're a reasonable person. You don't need to be, like, literally the number one big spender. Um, you were still not going to get there in uh, Diablo 2, most likely, uh, without spending money. Uh, and in Diablo Immortal, you know what? If it takes 10 years to get to the final itemization, it may only take one year to get to the 95%. Maybe even only six months. And that's without a market. Remember, all these numbers come without markets. There is a market in Diablo Immortal. And all the top items, almost all the top items that are found, depends on what you think the ratio of finding a top legendary gem using a paid uh, legendary crest is versus using a game-given regular legendary crest. The game-given ones you can't trade. uh, The things you find from the eternal legendary crest you can trade. Those are the ones that people buy with real money. Uh, So I would imagine that the whales are going to buy them with real money and then most of the um, most of the end games generated are going to be tradable so there will be a market within Diablo Immortal and those prices will probably plummet or if the game does really well maybe it'll go up but I assume that um, the, 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 there's going to be a market definitely there's also a 15% tax so it's not a super efficient market but regardless the price is going to be even lower than whatever the, the, the estimates are Um, So I've made a calculation of what I think to be 90 to 95% level power level gear for the end-to-end game compared to the literal perfection, which is a little bit worse than what you would get in Diablo 2 with near end-game equipment. Um, But here in Diablo Immortal, it will only take you something like six months of gameplay to get it without a market. And markets can only be more efficient than gameplay. They can't be less efficient than gameplay. If they were, then given enough time, people would just gameplay it. So yeah. I think the real answer is probably three months. If you are a hardcore Diablo player and you don't spend a cent, I think you can get 90 to 95% of the literal perfection endgame items for the end game in somewhere between three and six months. I think three could be six, won't be more than six
1: yeah so let's talk about kind of um what what does that really mean for the game and 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 sort of what my recommendations are for you guys out there practically what it means is okay here is how the game is going to feel and one of the major differences um and, and i see a lot of good comments right now it's like if you are familiar with mobile games, this should not come as a surprise to you, um, because this game is just a NetEase game mm-hmm. that has Blizzard assets, a, a, a pretty generous like NetEase or Net NetEase. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, game by modern mobile standards. Now, when you play Diablo II Resurrected or diablo 3 you always feel like you are looking towards the future right and that feels good in a way i can't wait for my next drop i can't wait for this i can't wait until i'm able to do this build you will reach the point in diablo immortal and i have reached that point already essentially where your mentality shifts to i can't get this anymore because i've reached my weekly limit i can't get that anymore in which i have reached my daily limit they limit you now it's once again we've talked about it's not as hard of a limit because i can do other stuff that progresses my character so if you only care Mm -hmm. about can i do things to progress my character which is very unlike some of those other mobile games in which after you play 10 minutes literally you're done quote building your empire for that day right unless you buy more stuff um, you are done for that day the, the game is literally come in do things for five minutes and then check back the next day um and if you want to do anything else then you need to pay diablo immortal is not like that but it is but like
0: that's why that's why it's called a wall right yeah, it's not it called is. a prison it's literally a wall. You hit a wall. You can't go that direction anymore. There's a little wall. You can't does. go that direction. But but you yeah. can go in the other directions and have fun with the game. You're still playing the game, so, and it's a lot of the similar stuff. You're getting out there, using your skills, you're attacking, you're killing enemies, you're getting loot, like you know. If that is
1: going to bother you a lot, maybe this isn't the game for you. Mm-hmm. If you are somebody who, number one, cares about pushing the very top of either the pvp leaderboard ladder whatever (laughs) or the single player slash group play rift you know challenge rift ladders and when
0: Merv says the very top he means like number one through number three there's not enough players on servers right now that actually make number 10 even that competitive
1: yeah and also right now it's like not like you know people are doing things people are still figuring things out people we're still trying to figure out like game mechanics as well Mm -hmm. but um if you want to be very competitive there and not just be competitive if you by recognizing your potential limitations will get very frustrated by that um and by limitations i mean you not being able to get like a top 5 ranking something yeah. like that
0: like and chat, that who uh, who plays with us uh, with us i mean you know like he's in our guild uh, he's he's in asia so we don't play the same amount, uh, the same times always he says he was number 42 wizard on his server not playing for 2 days yeah like that's what the competition is me and murps messed around while i tried to figure out how to use my character on a two player rift level 12 last night or something and we were number 17 on the leaderboard for two player rifts like, this is me, like, dying, like, six times in the Rift. Being like, oh my god, this game has difficulty now all of a sudden. What? Yes. Like, not adjusting to it at all. And Murph's trying to hard-carry me through this. Like, I, I figured out a little bit of it at the end, but I'm still terrible at playing my character. And I'm not, like, outfitted for the Rift or getting any thought whatsoever to what was going on and what I was doing right before entering. Uh, and we were number 17. So... Like, this is, so we're, we're literally talking about endgame top three or five people. Here. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, like, assuming you know, things will, you know, time will go on, people will spend more money, uh, they will get better endgame gear than you faster, and if you are going to be frustrated at just always being, uh, mm-hmm. to some degree, in second tier, fear, yeah, to if always not, being second works. tier, uh, to being second tier in PvP and second tier in these Rift challenges, in which, whoever does the highest rift in the short of uh, shortest amount of time will be highest if that'll bother you a lot don't play the game yeah um, no because that is absolutely true so look 100
0: guaranteed Blizzard yes. will not change that
1: yeah so uh, look I, I i think i i'm trying to be fair here i've done a lot of sort of like okay the 110,000 dollar thing i think people are putting too much focus on that i think too much people are focused too many people are focusing on a lot of the things that are if not unfair to blizzard don't tell the whole story but this is where the buck stops yeah i think that blizzard does a lot of things to remind you that you can improve by spending Mm -hmm. money in the late game and you will a hundred percent if you want to be you know cool pokemon if you want to be the very best like no one ever was get out your credit card because but but here's the thing about
0: being the very best even if you get out your credit card you're not going to be the very best because like that's where the 110k number comes from like i said that is a literal correct number it's not like they did bad math they're just misleading about how to apply it um if you're going to get out your credit card and try to be number one you still might not be number one
1: yeah
0: um and if you get out your credit card and drop like 40 bucks like you may get some of the stuff you want and progress and make your character better and get closer to the build you want, if not get to the build you want, like you know a reasonable ninety five percent build, not a one hundred build, obviously. Um, then you still may not be the best, right? Because like it's just how much money people other people spend. <laughs> and when you're talking about the literal number one on your server, the literal number two, number three, number four, i don't know how do you know they're not spending ten thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars they could be right or even if they're not maybe after you beat them they will then spend ten thousand dollars just to beat you it's like an auction gone out of control you know right like this stuff happens so if you are trying to do any of that stuff just be prepared with a very large wallet because you will need to but for the 99.99 percent of people thinking about playing this game and either don't care or can convince themselves that they really shouldn't care because they were never a top 5 player anyway and they were very unlikely going to be a top 5 player in Diablo Immortal um, and the end game, end game at least uh, it's just you know like you're, you're fine you're totally fine this game is no more expensive than any other I'm not even saying mobile game than any other Blizzard game The um, this uh- game is going to be cheaper than Hearthstone Constructed I will promise you that.
1: Well, Hearthstone is a very expensive game.
0: I mean, that's fair. Hearthstone that's, is why I very, use it. that's why I'm so confident using game. it, right? Um,
1: yeah, people complain about monetization of Hearthstone as well, which I, look, I agree with that. Uh, Hearthstone is a very expensive game. Um, and if anything, there's actually less you can do in Hearthstone by not spending money. Well, Ar- Arena is one of them, which mm-hmm. is why Arena is kind of popular uh, amongst some people. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, you just have to kind of ask yourself, am I okay with this constant feeling and knowing that, oh, I'm gated for this, I'm gated for X, I'm gated for Y. I can do, you know, like A, B, C, and Z um, to keep progressing my character. Am I just okay knowing that I'm gated for X and Y for this day slash week? If you're okay with that, then sure play it if you're not okay with that don't because you know a lot a lot of games come down to how we feel about it if you're also not okay with knowing that Mm -hmm. in the end game you are just not going to be on the same power level as the top PVPers and top people doing these riffs uh stay away don't play this is not the game for you in fact mobile games are not the game for you like yeah just just period mobile games are not well, I the game mean for that's you.
0: what they always say right like yeah. people who are defending this are always like this is like the like least gotcha mobile gotcha game in the entire like existence and other people are like well that, you talk about mobile games there are that's <laughs> uh, true yeah
1: like the mobile game standard cookie cutter template right now is so predatory so gating. Um, if you guys haven't seen any other mobile games, like they are so bad that like, because I play some, of the, play is a strong word for some of these games. You actually play Diablo Immortal. Some of these other games, yeah. you and you continue to play Diablo minutes. Immortal
0: even yeah. if you're gated, and you continue to play Diablo Immortal even if they're asking you for money and you don't give them any.
1: Yeah. So with these, there are some mobile games that I'm just like, this is barely a game. Um, I think Diablo Immortal is definitely like on, on the better side of those games now See, i'm not talking about a game like you know uh angry birds right in which you just pay one and you're like oh yeah this is fun or yeah. you're uh, talking about like mmos or something I'm, I'm,
0: that like is has progressed like continuous support i'm and,
1: talking about yeah. mobile microtransaction games <sighs> um in which diablo is one of the probably like better ones you know it's one of these it's, it's one ones. of the best
0: ones because it expects to have the scale that can allow you to here's the thing with this uh, and people always uh, i get also really annoyed by this like blizzard's just going to get money and get rich what do you think Blizzard's doing with the money they're putting the money back into the games that you play or their future development games that you play like yeah this is a trickle down theory it's not not all of it's going to trickle down but don't act like Blizzard's just going to take your money and, like, you know, wine and dine themselves and whatever, right? They got shareholders. They got whatever. Like, this is all... Uh, not all. This is... A, a lot of this is going to trickle back to you, even if they're just getting rich off of it. And Blizzard has the scale that other companies sometimes don't to, um, one, think 10 years ahead of time. Not one year ahead of time. Not two months ahead of time. Uh, Hearthstone's been around for nine years. Like, Blizzard's like a casino. That's the best way I could put it. They're more like a casino than like a grifter. Some of these uh, games that pop up, they're like grifters. They need, they need the next paycheck. Uh, they need the quick hit, they don't care about you because otherwise they're not gonna survive on their business. Blizzard isn't like that. Blizzard is a casino. They want your money. They want you to give them a lot of money. But they want you to give them a lot of money over three years, over 10 years. They don't wanna bankrupt you right now or leave you with a terrible taste in your mouth and then you quit Blizzard games. And then they don't get money from you next year or the year after. that's not their business model and they're going to do what is in their power to make you play the game for a reasonable you know like uh, amount if they are charging if they're making like if people are like uh, basically if the predatory aspect of the game quote unquote worked on enough people then blizzard has failed and i don't mean that blizzard has failed morally i mean blizzard has failed as a business because the interests of Blizzard as a business when it comes to predatory practices aligns not perfectly but quite well with that of your average player when it comes to a game like Diablo Immortal. And that's what people just don't like to think about or don't understand frankly. Like they're just like big business bad, rich people get money. I don't have Blizzard shares like but this, this controls for some of this stuff even if it's not like illegal to do predatory practices and also when Merps compares this to a, a mobile game like it is a mobile game first and foremost and that's why the PC client is, uh, is in beta I don't look at it as that comparison I think Diablo Immortal is a good PC game I think it's a uh, fair is a hard word to use I think it is a not unfair amount that they are trying to get from you to play a game of this quality that they constructed for the PC as Blizzard. Now, if an indie company actual true indie company, not lol, Blizzard Indie Company, if a true indie company came out with this game and tried to sell it to you, they would have charged way less, right? That Blizzard would. But you could just see how Diablo II resurrected gets charged. Right? Like that was a $40 game. Uh Blizzard was going to Blizzard, if this game came in one package, Blizzard was going to charge you 40 to 60 bucks at the start. And then twenty bucks every three months. The absolute cheapest is what Blizzard would have charged you, assuming no microtransactions or only cosmetic microtransactions. This is the, and that's not a oh Blizzard is you know so bad or whatever. That's just how much this game costs to make and a company to run and whatever. So from a microtransactions perspective, this is this is me and I want to give Blizzard money. I set amount, uh, out a range of the amount of money I'm willing to spend on a game. I did this for Mercenaries. Um, I'm, I'm doing this for this is for all the games in which there's microtransactions. Um, less to control myself, because I really don't mind spending a lot of money on games. I just never have. Uh, more so because I don't want to pay to win. Like, paying to win doesn't feel good to me. But at the same time, if a developer is literally there begging me for money the way Blizzard is in Diablo Immortal, and Mercenaries for that matter, is to a smaller scale, I'm going to give them some money. I like developers. I support them. I'm playing their game. So I'm like fighting that battle. But what I do is I set aside a certain amount of money. It's usually a range of um, X number and 2X number. Um, and then I stick to it. And that's that. I've spent 20 bucks on Diablo Immortal so far. I'm probably going to spend another 20 bucks next week. And over the course of the next three months, I am going to spend 100 to $200. Because that's how much... Uh, Like, assuming I keep playing Diablo Immortal, because that's how much I want to spend to support Blizzard making a new game in the Diablo franchise that I really enjoy playing. Now, if the end game is terrible and I hate playing it, I'm not going to give them that much money. Uh, But uh, whatever. And then if it keeps going and I keep playing, I'm probably going to drop another, uh, I'm probably going to drop money like it's a $40 or $30 monthly subscription fee, like the equivalent thereof, because that's what I pay for money, right? But you won't have to do that. To get almost the full enjoyment out of Diablo Immortal. And I'm very uncertain that the amount of money I put in at that rate. Is going to have any significant impact on how powerful my character is. Like I really doubt it. Like I think that this game is the exact opposite of what people say. People say oh my god it's a game for whales. Total opposite. This is a game that penalizes you every step of the way for spending money. While asking you to spend money. Like I don't know why they set it up that way because it's not good. Like I don't think oh Blizzard is brilliant. Blizzard is, is very dumb uh, when it comes to this stuff. Like this is this is, this is NetEase and Blizzard having some kind of like miscommunication or like some political internal thing that's like gone out of control and it's just hurting the whole entire product. Um, because spending money in this game doesn't get you very much. That's the whole problem. If the game was actually if you actually spent a good amount of money like say ten thousand dollars and you could get to the end game, people would complain less, not more and that's the whole problem the whole problem is that this game is not gotcha enough the whole problem is that this game you can spend money and you cannot feel as much progression unless you spend the most absurd amount of money which really this can be like a handful of people that are actually going to do that it is also
1: interesting like um so what's a lot of those empire building mobile games do is that the first five ten dollars you spend
0: you get it's, so much. You get so Oh my god. Much. I feel so good when I spend $10 on a random shitty mobile game. I mean, I justify it by saying, well, I played this game for like 20 hours, right? Like, what's what's 5 to 10 bucks for 20 hours of entertainment? But like, in Diablo Immortal, you know what you get if you spend $20? Like, one cosmetic. And like, a couple of legendary riffs? I, I don't know like I spent twenty dollars. I feel like like comparing me to a brand new who has spent who has played almost as much as me and has spent five dollars instead of uh twenty um I think I'm one to two percent more powerful than she is definitely less than five percent more powerful. And, and this is in the leveling progression period where in most games they would just be like oh you want to give us ten dollars do whatever. Um, so, this is this is not, like, don't spend money on this game, is what I'm saying, unless you want to support this game. That is what spending money on this game means. It means you are supporting the game. It is functionally the equivalent to cosmetics. Yep. Like, that's why, like, Murphs hates the 110k because it totally misses the point and I agree with him on that, but I love the 110k number. People should know. People should be warned. It takes 110k to make a difference in this game. So, your 50 bucks that you're spending, don't expect anything. It's the equivalent of cosmetics. And I take great comfort in that. Because people are not going to outspend me for what I want to do. And if they do outspend me, they're not going to get much out of it. Because I don't need to be number one. I don't need to be number two. I just want to be able to play the actual end game, And especially the PvE part, which Blizzard, because they're a game designer, will design in a way that a good amount of people can access it. Which includes free to play players, um, certainly includes people who pay a moderate amount of money. And paying a moderate amount of money, like I said, improves your character by like less than 5%. So if a moderately paying customer, which Blizzard is designing the game for, can actually like do like end game uh, raids and heliquary and like whatever, then so can a free to play player. Why? Just because you don't get that much from your money. So. If you're on the edge about this game, if you think, oh no, maybe I have to spend $100,000 to be relevant, you do not. That is not a game. It's certainly not a Blizzard game, and that is not this game. In fact, spending money does very little to nothing in this game. So feel comforted by that if you want to not spend money. And if you want to spend money, just know that all you're doing is donating money to Blizzard. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm donating money to Blizzard because I support them. That's it. The the, the the tiny bits of crap that I get and like the cosmetics are like eh, nice, right? It's like uh, it's like they're it's like your don't that's why it's a, a donation, right? Like you know when you donate to a charity and then they give you like a little thing, right? Obviously you're not paying for the little thing, right? That's just the charity being like, hey, it's a token of our appreciation. You just gave us like twenty bucks, right? Like we're gonna give you a pin. Um, that's Blizzard in Diablo Immortal. Oh, you're gonna give us the fifteen dollars we've been chasing you on. The- They also chase you a lot about the money, like I said. Um, But, like, what are we going to give you? Oh, we're going to give you this nice little pin. And you're like, cool. Why? Because I'm donating money to Blizzard. Now, if you're thinking, I'm going to pay $20, I'm going to get $20 of value out of this. No, you're going to feel terrible. You're going to feel worse by giving Blizzard money than not giving Blizzard money. It's a weird system, okay? It's a weird system. And this system is not a mobile system. Like, Murphs compares it to the, uh, to the mobile system. I compare it to the exact opposite of a mobile monetization system. Mobile monetization systems make you feel good when you give them money, so you give them more money. Blizzard makes you feel less good when you give them more money, so that you give them less money, so that you have more money and then you can give them more money when you realize later on, hey, I spent a month in this game. I guess I could draw 20 bucks for this cosmetic or for a few legendary riffs and see how the big whales are like rolling like the math doesn't add up you get crap for your money that is all and and if you hate monetization this should be a great news for you this is pretty much a free-to-play game like a real free-to-play game outside of the very top pvp
1: yep so look uh once again bottom line the recommendation is this if you like action rpgs play until level 60 um you won't feel any negative kind of aspects at all and then you can decide because i i I think it's a fun game you can and then once again the caveat is you can stay away completely if you know that you know you're you're an arpg pro and you know that i want end 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 Mm. game content and i want to be among the top the tippy top percentage yeah. of people like the that's why you're view. playing this game that's why i'm game. playing the game and if you want to do that and also you know you're not jeff bezos listening to the light Force <laughs> podcast and you don't want to Hi, throw jeff. Th- yeah hey jeff how's we it would
0: appreciate you? a donation
1: y- yes uh
0: small one tiny one 0.0001 percent of your net worth
1: that would set us up pretty well um if you need to do that and it would bother you that you are not that and you are not, you know, Jeff Bezos, stay away from this game 100%. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. worth your time. Please mm-hmm. do not. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I will save you that from, like, that, mm-hmm. that time from the bit. And if
0: anybody tries to convince you otherwise, like, they're, I don't know, like, they don't understand you. That's all I can say. Because this game is designed very poorly for that. Yeah. Very, very poorly. Like, the poorest game possible for that. And um. anything in between, that's tough. That's going to be up to you um I, I don't think it's tough i think it's easy i think it's a home run i think the only people who are going to not like this game when they play are going to not like it for cosmetic and feeling reasons of just blizzard hounding or net ease hounding you for money like because that part is not a good experience right like you're trying to play a game and there's just like annoying salesmen constantly trying to give you deals of stuff that you like don't necessarily want and that are like terrible deals honestly And they'll be like, you get 800% more stuff. And you're like, okay, but the stuff you give me is worth like very little. So, yeah, maybe I'm getting 800% more of the very little stuff. But if I'm giving you a dollar for eight cents, that's still not good. Um, Like, if that makes the game just like ruins the game for you, like, also, yeah, that's gonna, this this game's gonna keep doing that, I have a feeling. But for anyone else, do not let monetization stop you. Just be a free to play player or pay whatever you think is fair and figure that out ahead of time and just don't allow yourself to make any impulse purchases. And and of course the other people who shouldn't play this game because they shouldn't play any kind of microtransaction game are people with actual impulse control issues that can't, you know, keep with the budget.
1: So, yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen that uh, argument being tossed around and I have seen like uh, people even in chat, they're like, no, 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 you're missing the point. It's about, it's like the, you know, impulse control, but, um, but this is sort of like talking of like, it's like, okay, every single time I mention any sort of, like, a review of, like, a new alcohol, like, maybe I guess I should mention. It's like, okay, if you have drinking problems, be aware <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that my review yep. of this alcohol, you should stay away. Like, I, I think that is, I don't know, a, a I, given? I don't think like, we
0: have to worry about it from our perspective because we're doing a Hearthstone podcast. And if you have impulse control issues, oh, my God, Please stop it with Hearthstone to to start. That's the thing. We're in a
1: game already in which, um, let's face it. Look, I I don't agree with... It's why I play Arena. (laughs) Like, one of the reasons (laughs) why I play Arena. um, I don't agree with it. Hearthstone could be... And and look, I'm not equating it to these, like, mobile games I'm talking about or Diablo Immortal. But, uh, yeah, you could spend quite a lot of money freaking buying packs in Hearthstone as well um so look i i i get it like and those people shouting from the rooftops that mobile games can be and are very predatory and people can get into really bad spots through a game Mm -hmm. like diablo immortal absolutely absolutely a hundred percent um i'm not gonna harp on it because it's not something that is new with it so Mm -hmm. it's sort of like if you believe that any like at any winery that comes out with a new wine you're like okay we should spend some time discussing the negative effects of alcohol as well sure that that's your belief in my review of that new wine i may not mention it do i think that alcoholism is a huge issue yes it Mm -hmm. obviously is so that's that's also something that i think Needs to be addressed. Because I see people are like. You are not addressing the main point. And it's kind of like. Look I I agree with all this.
0: That's the thing. It's not the main point. And it shouldn't be the main point. It's a point. It affects a small percentage of individuals. And by this point. Especially if you're listening to a Hearthstone podcast. But just generally if you're in gaming. You you, you should know by now. Um, And if you don't. There are plenty of things out there reminding you of it. And we do not disagree with any of those things. We are in full support of it. We believe that impulse control is a problem. It affects a non-negligible proportion of the population. Yep. And uh, in a really bad way, it affects probably everybody in some way, but in like the really, truly tragic cases uh, still. and, And those people should stay away from, you know, all sorts of games, any games with microtransactions, any games um and and diablo immortal may be a particularly bad uh version of this because like i said you get nothing you get nothing when you give them money so if your impulse control is bad and you pay them money you don't get anything or you don't get anything that matters you're like i'm going to give them more money then this game is going to be a bottomless pit even compared to other gacha games yep okay Um, all right uh so yeah uh i want to give one last plug for my math i'm not going to share with you so you don't really have anything to believe in uh besides just me and my reputation for doing okay big picture math terrible arithmetic but okay big picture math when i say that in three months six months tops you're free to play will definitely be able to do all the end game stuff including Almost top level PvP. You're free to play player. That that's that's like I'm not the developer, but I think that that has a above seventy five percent chance of happening, and that it will happen without any major changes on Blizzard's side to either their monetization policies or their like itemization policies. And that is based on my math. And my experience with ARPGs and what effects things are. Um, and a little bit based on just my predictions of how they'll design their endgame dungeons beyond what currently exists. Because we know what currently exists, but we don't know what they're going to like release three months from now, right? Um, but based on just design, game design, having been a game designer. Uh, and just having been around games for so long and caring about game design. like And, and looking at Blizzard's history of game design. That's not who they're going to design this game for. It's just going to be... Uh, there for people who want to spend the money. Um all right. So uh, again, the server is the Worldstone, the clan is Grinning Goat. We welcome you. It is a free to join uh, um uh, clan and if we if we kick you out when we become a dark clan, come back when you become a shadow and you know, we will definitely let you in. Um and you can play with us uh, when we do uh, um you know, either Raids or just kind of like leveling or whatever. All right, that's it. All right, that was it for the Hellforge podcast. We will see you again next week for more Diablo Immortal analysis. No, more Hearthstone. Until then, this is Adwicta.
1: This is Murps. Bye.